welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today is a bonus episode that features Christina Van Vuren, the founder of Future of Femtech. Future of Femtech is putting on a wellness conference on next week, Friday, September 4th, all day, virtual, and guess what? It's free. You can get your free ticket at futurefemtech.com on their website. You can click the Summit 2020 box and get your free ticket. Oh my God, it's in one week. Uh, This full day virtual event will include meditation, breath work, kegels, neuroscience, biology, yoga, literally all the things you need in your life right now to feel well. So enjoy the show with Christina and go register for the conference. Hey, Christina, welcome to the show. Hi, Britt. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We go way back. We go back. We go way back. (laughs) (laughs) We go back to, uh, I remember coming across Future Femtech's website and that it was going to be the first femtech conference in the United States. And I reached out to you just begging for you to mentor me and let me be a part of your life and your mission. And uh, you've become such a good friend. You know, it's so funny to hear you say that you wanted me to mentor you because when you got in touch with me, I was like, Dr. Brittany Barreto wants to talk to me. <laughs> this is so weird. I love it. Like, let's do something. Yeah. And I remember the first conversation we had, I was like telling you about the conference and what we were doing. And you were like, so why don't we do this? And why don't we do this? And I'm like, I love how you're just like now a part of my conference. But it was so perfect. You know, it was just one of those things. It was so aligned right from the beginning. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that listen to the show. And one of the things that I encourage them to do is find a business partner that has the strengths that are your weaknesses. And I feel like you and I have that. I have no concept of branding guidelines. My marketing taglines are pretty much garbage. And you know what? All of that's okay because I have strengths. And then I have people like you You in my life who are like, you know, I remember one time we had an event and we didn't have a lot of registrations and I called you up for advice and you were like, well, you made the title pretty generic. Uh, You said it's so sweet. You were so so kind. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. So I, uh, I'm grateful to have someone, someone like you in my network that I know I can, I can lean on. Um, you always see a kitty. Sometimes my dog jumps into this. So, (laughs) um, well, tell us and our listeners about yourself. You know, our listeners love to hear the stories of our guests. Where are you from? What did you study? And then how did you end up here? Oh, yeah. 
So it's actually really interesting. And I, I know you and I have talked a little bit about kind of my winding path into femtech, but it is by no means traditional. Um, I joined the Navy out of high school and got out of the Navy, went to school for accounting, which was a really, really dumb idea. I'm so <laughs> not an accountant. Very creative. It was not, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, you know, I, I did that. I worked a couple of corporate jobs, just kind of like one was a claims adjusting job, like very, you know, lots of fluorescent lights and raises of like 50 cents an hour. And I was like, whoa, like this is, I'm not made for this life. I'm made to be like <laughs> making money moves. Right. And, um, I walked out of that job. Actually, I just, my boss was creepy. I was like, you know what, this is, I'm just done. Like, I don't need, I don't need your reference because I'm never going to work for someone ever again. <laughs> like that was my mentality. Walked out, I go home and I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a writer. Huh. And for like two weeks, I was like, I'm going to be a fashion writer. And even though I'm 25, I will move to New York and have my dream come true. So that lasted, you know, a couple weeks. And then I found health tech quite by accident. Um, I was looking, I, I got it in my head to look up venture capital funding. Hmm. And I didn't know anything about health tech or healthcare really. Um, and I just saw all of these health tech companies that were raising money and it was so early stage at that point this was in like early 2015 like you know it hadn't really like boomed like how as it has now um and I just you know what I just started emailing people like literally like cold email the chief marketing officer of like progeny like hey yes. um, I'm a writer can I work with you and like <laughs> I look back on those and it's so tempting to be like, Oh God, I'm mortified. But you know what? <laughs> I got hired. I got yes. hired over and over and over and over again by these health tech companies who are going, Oh, we need to create content. We don't have the bandwidth. And then yeah. I show up like, I'll do it for $25. I don't even care. I just want to do it. I just want to be in this industry. I want to be working on it. Um, and I think that like just kind of naivety. Yep put me into a position of success and I quickly, you know, scaled my business and it's been very successful since, but where the, the journey into health tech really becomes the story of femtech is that I worked with, um, glow, the period tracking app. I think they have other apps as well. And I did, I got to work on their, their voice for their app. And so, you know, it's founded by several men um, who are awesome. They're really great. They like, you know, they're the kind of men you want to be in women's health. Mm -hmm. Right. But they're men, right. They didn't really know how are we talking to 17 year old girls? How are we coming across as this <laughs> I'm glad they, they knew be? that they shouldn't try to guess that. I'm glad that they knew I, they should supplement it. I told, I let them know. I let them know. <laughs> it was a lot of like, we think you should say, mm. and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But they were so gracious and you know, so amazing to work with. And I was really so green. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but my mentality back then and still sometimes now is just people are like, can you write a white paper? I'm like, yes, I can write a white paper. Googling on the side, like, what is a white paper? <laughs> like, and I would 
literally like read from the website. Yeah. So like first you do a discovery call and then like, a discovery call. Literally, I faked it. Faked it so hard and I Googled the shit out of everything. Yep. Like I learned by diving in and you know, I got to work with some really cool femtech companies, but ultimately my career path really went towards the health tech side. Mm-hmm. Um, which is arguably also femtech, but that's a whole other um, yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, unfortunately a lot of femtech companies are very early stage. Yeah. And especially back then there was like really none, mm-hmm. um, that were like, you know, in the, I guess in the big leagues yet, um, as they are now. Yeah, had budgets so, that they could, the founders could hire somebody else to write their blogs for them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And but health tech companies, they are, right? They have been for a while now. So that's kind of where my career focused. But I realized I really, I missed, you know, doing the women's health stuff and being in that environment of like shaping the narrative of how we're talking to a new generation of women. Mm. Wow. So um, what did, what did you do with that desire? Future femtech. <laughs> Future femtech. Yes. You, you know what? It's so funny. Okay. Do you want to hear the story of how the, the okay. Future femtech was supposed to be a conference here in Atlanta in October for reasons we need not say <laughs> it, was, it is no longer. If you are living in 2020, <laughs> you may know why her conference isn't not happening in October. Right. <laughs> It is, I'll give you a hint, unprecedented circumstances. <laughs> oh, you know, it was like, well, what do I do now? Because that's honestly all it was. I hadn't planned any further than like a conference, which yeah. is a major undertaking. Huge. But the reason that this conference came about. So did you go to help um, in 2019? To what? The help conference in Vegas. Oh, no. HLTH. So this is like the Disneyland of healthcare conferences. Mm. And I am, I have Virgo rising, like give me a fresh notebook and a conference. And I am just the happiest person alive. <laughs> well, I am like so enthusiastic about health. And I think what they do is great. In 2019, they, the, the women in health programming was the last, the last thing of the conference uh-huh. period on the very last day of the conference. I mean, you have women like Lisa Swinnon, Dr. Eliza Chen, um, Joy Rios, Prairie Bard from um, Oliver Lyman, you know, partners from McKenzie, Ipuja, Kamar, I think, um, all of these just like powerhouse women in healthcare mm-hmm. tacked on to the last three hours of a three-day conference. Wow. Look, no shade to health. Like, please don't send me a cease and desist letter. I think y'all are dope. But like, (laughs) it just made me angry. I was furious because the content was the best that I'd seen in the entire conference. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And I just looked at the woman next to me. I don't know who she is. I still don't know who she is. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'm going to start my own conference. Yes. And this woman pulls me to her friend. She goes, she's starting her own conference for women's health. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it just it kind of snowballed from there. You know, people, I started just kind of dropping it, like, hey, so, like, what would you think about this? And people were 
so excited. They were like, that's what we need. And so that just like fueled me. And I was like, you know what, we're going to do this. And we were, we were pulling in some really big sponsorships and we were lining up some pretty incredible speakers, you know, COVID hit, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, We pivoted, you know, there was a point where I was like, okay, should we just pivot the summit online and Mm -hmm. do it like that? But it just didn't feel quite right. Yeah. I don't know. If it, Especially it for like, like the first bit. one. You know, a lot of conferences are like, they yeah. already have an established culture, but this was going to be the first one. And exactly. listeners, to the best of my knowledge, this was going to be the first femtech conference in North America, correct? Yes. Wow. Yes. And yeah, it, beca- it became a living, breathing company mm-hmm. that I was running which was awesome. I have to say, I really loved it. Like, that's so my jam. You're right. Like events are my thing. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We, we pivoted, we kind of thought about like what now in this virtual world, because obviously very early on being in healthcare, we're like, yeah, this isn't going away in three and a half weeks. Like Mm -hmm. we're going to need to prepare for the long run of this. And so looking at that, and you know, and also looking at what people were needing now, because what people need, and I say people meaning like the femtech community, really, but everyone, like everyone overall, our needs shifted basically overnight. Mm-hmm. You from know, what and to so, what? Uh, what's that? They shifted from what to what? Yeah, they shifted from we're living life as normal. We're planning for, you know, this awesome 2020. We're like, we're launching, we're doing all this cool stuff. And then, bam, the plague, like, (laughs) like the pandemic, like it just ended. And I think a lot of people kind of just knew this, that was like it for what we thought was going to happen. So I did a survey and I just, I just asked people what they wanted in an overwhelming number of people so that they wanted more wellness content um Mm. and that that would like wellness like uh, work-life balance that type of thing those were like the top struggles that everybody was saying like yes this is what I'm dealing with this Uh, is what I'm dealing with and I was like well I mean my personal passions intersected like mental health women's health wellness events you know like it kind of worked out perfectly yeah so now we have our summit. A new summit. Exciting. A new summit. Well, yes, the Wellness and Self-Care Summit. It's September 4th, so like, what, one Friday from now? <laughs> it's coming up so fast. Um, we have 42 speakers, all kinds of different sessions. Um, they're all, you know, wellness-related, mental health, yoga, meditation. Oh, my gosh. So many cool speakers doing so many cool talks, like, it's just going to be amazing. I have told the entire femtech focus team that they have to attend it because, you know, everyone needs wellness right now. Like, you need to put it first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. How – you? so you found 42 speakers to speak on wellness. Was it hard to find 42 or was it, like, hard to slim it down to 42? <laughs> yeah, good question. It was – so our approach was we first approached um, wellness leaders who are or women of, or women of color. That was like our oh, first priority. Awesome, perfect. Yes. It was challenging. It was a challenging position to be in because I mean, 
we're not making money from this summit. Like we're basically paid to throw this summit mm -hmm. and that's fine, but we don't have a budget for speakers. And so I, I am like, personally, I believe people should be paid for their work and, mm -hmm. you know, paid well for it. Um, and so it was like this, how do we prioritize centering the voices of women of color in wellness and health, but also say we can't pay you, which is yeah. like a problem, right? So we, but, but I just, I went into it with like a, Hey, look, I know this isn't, isn't the ideal situation, but this is why I'm doing this. This is why it matters. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you're looking at frontline workers, you know, but even their families, even some tech founders, like we all have our own version of what frontline is right now, mm. you know, and not to like diminish like actual frontline yeah, workers and the, yeah. the gravity of that. But I think we're all facing how do I launch a company in a pandemic? Yes. How do I feed my kids? How do I homeschool my kids yes. and launch a company and they want to eat three times a day? Like it's a lot to deal with. Right. And so, um, we, I just approached it I try to be very humble and just be like, I know this isn't ideal, but here's what we're doing. I'd love for you to participate. And then, you know, I had a great response. A lot of people were very receptive and open and some yeah. people set boundaries, which was absolutely okay and appreciated. Um, and from there, it just kind of, it was like a little network effect. Someone would say, hey, I know somebody who should speak. Hey, I know somebody who should speak. I'd like come across someone on Instagram and just shoot them a quick message and be like, here's what we're doing. I think your voice would be a great addition. Like, yeah. are you interested? And I kind of just treated it more like an invitation. Like you get to talk, you get to be in front of this really target niche audience of women's health leaders and yeah. women's health community. If that's what works for you, then we'd love to have you. If not, cool. We'll reach out when we have funds to pay you because we'd still love to have you speak. Right. Yeah. Like, it was kind of that just, either you're in or you're not and either way is okay the right people will be there that's right do you think that network effect and the willingness for these wellness speakers to you know uh say no problem you know no funds no worries this is important do you think that's a common theme for femtech or is that a common theme for wellness in general industry mm -hmm. i think it's it's almost more common for femtech. I know a lot of wellness companies, it's like, well, we charge a fee or, you know, it's like a more of a sponsorship type mm -hmm. deal. Um, not all of them. And I think it really depends on like the size of the company and all of that. Um, we have a lot of wellness brands who were like, we don't really want to speak. It's not really like, we don't want to like, we don't have anything to say about like wellness specifically, but we'd love to like do a giveaway or, whatever. So I think yeah. it really just depends on the stage and the the level of collaboration that they value. Yeah. So, you know, you said you're having this wellness conference and you mentioned like yoga and meditation, but are you also going to have things like sexual wellness or, you know, nutritional wellness? Oh, hell yeah. We're going to have all the wellness. All the wellness. <laughs> all wellness. <laughs> we have, like, using tarot cards as self-care. We have the neuroscience of fertility and your creativity. Mm. We have the impact of mental health on um, healthcare workers. We have this broad range. We have a seed cycling workshop with Feminod. Like, we're doing some really cool stuff. Wow. Yeah, there's just yeah. so many aspects of wellness, you know, when working in Femtech is like, it's kind of everything. 
know. It is. It's everything. It it's all the things. Um, totally. You know, I was very excited about your Femtech conference, and Femtech Focus is a very proud, you know, supporter of that conference. Do you think that next year, it, post, you know, having a vaccine in the world, that there there will be a Femtech conference? Hey, maybe we can host the vaccine there. <laughs> yeah. Get your vaccine on the way in. <laughs> um, some real like some good partnerships have to happen yeah. there. Um, <laughs> Bill Gates, hit us know, up. We, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, there I, there are a lot of things I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. Some big things. Some small things. Some in the middle things, but you know, I'm, I'm taking the next few months. So after the summit ends, we have three more events, so just like standalone events, um, which are going to be great. And I can, you know, send more information for your audience if they want to check those out too. But then we're, we're basically going into a planning phase. Um, as you know, it's, it's hard to plan during a pandemic. I'm like, do I plan for three months out yeah. or do I plan for 18 months out yeah. and like what's my backup plan if in 18 months people still aren't wearing their masks like what do we do then mm-hmm. and it's just been this very weird like limbo to be yeah. in yeah so I am like very strategically taking time off from producing events and creating content and doing all that so that you know I can sit down and map out what this looks like. We've had people come to us asking about strategic partnerships, but I don't, you know, I want to be very mindful about how we build this company. And I think this is something that, you know, all femtech companies, whether it's like femtech industry organizations or actual like femtech startups or funds or whatever, Mm -hmm. like we have to be thoughtful about how we build because People are looking at us right now. Yeah. The, the larger industry is watching. Yeah. Which is great. It's totally great. But there's some rhetoric around, you know, women aren't, you know, delivering investment worthy ideas. And, mm. you know, just I heard, and a lot of this has been in person, like at conferences and whatever, yeah. talking about this, like hearing these things. And it just makes me think but we need to be that much more strategic and thoughtful about how we're approaching things. So it doesn't look like a, let's throw spaghetti at the wall yeah, and see what sticks because we have all the same technology. We have all this, we have like arguably better brains. Like, you know, we got this, yeah. but like how we build it now is going to impact how the, how the ripple effect occurs. Like it has in health tech. You know, I am a 110 percent, 110 miles per hour kind of a person. And so to hear someone suggest like we take it slow and mindful, I'm like, God, that pains me. You know, you know? I'm, not, I'm not saying don't. So I think there's a difference between slow and, and I think mindfully, mm. right, allows you to be quick and strategic and scrappy. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of like break something. Let's break shit. If it, if it works, cool. If it doesn't, well, now we know. And yeah. now we can take that and build upon it. Yeah. It's, you know, I think we have, we just have an opportunity to be strategic in the sense of like 
who are we really serving? Mm -hmm. I see a lot of FemTech companies coming out saying, oh, we're serving a consumer audience. That's not where the money is going to end up being for some of these companies. You know, once they get that, you know, seed or series A, you, I mean, you see it with health tech companies all the time. Like we're going to be consumer facing two years in, they pivot and yep, they're yep, now yep. an employer benefit, right? Because yep. you have to, yep. you have to go where the money is. Yeah. Well, I, so although it pains me, I also agree with you totally because people are saying, well, what is femtech, right? We literally are defining it. So many people don't know what it is. We are defining it. I think that even in the last year, it has grown in its definition to include, not that it didn't before, but people are really coming together saying, yeah, that femtech is women and females, you know? Uh, femtech is not just menopause, it's also how heart attacks show up differently in women. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so we're really trying, we're like, oh my gosh, this is all femtech. We're like collecting it all right. Making this definition. I also think we need to be mindful of not just being like angry feminists. Cause when I started in this industry, I thought, well, I'm pissed. I'm pissed about maternal mortality and black women's, uh, you know, health not being, you know, believed when they say they have symptoms, like I'm pissed. And I also know, though, that when women, you know, go around being very angry that men are the worst, um, that usually doesn't move the needle on change in a positive way, right? And so I'm like, how can we make sure that we're not just these rageful podcasters and, you know, event hosts? And so that because I want men to be involved in this, I want men to care about uterine health, right? Yeah. I think I have a little bit of a different perspective on this, Britt. So Tell me. I am, I am an angry feminist. Mm. Like, I don't go around raging at people because, like, you know, disability <laughs> and all that. But, like, I do. I take a – I believe, okay, and I tell my health tech clients this, too, when we're doing, like, brand work or marketing mm -hmm. or PR. My first thing is, what? Well, where do you stand? Yeah. What's your – What's your stance on this? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as, you know, the way that a customer experience, you know, operation is handled. And something sometimes it's something like racial injustice and in how we're responding as a company. Yeah. Um, and I just think, you know what? As long as women are having to say, I can't be angry about this. Mm. Or I need to tone down my anger mm. to make it more palatable mm. for men. Like, we're still catering to the male ego and to toxic masculinity and the mm. patriarchy. I'm not saying, like, let's all burn our bras if we're even still wearing <laughs> bras because we're less quarantine. You know, I'm not saying go burn your bras yeah. and like, just tear the city down. But, like, I think that a healthy anger... Yeah. Used strategically. Yeah. Now, don't go like posting and just running your mouth on social media being angry. Channel your anger and say, you know what? This is a problem and this pisses me off. But yeah. anger is what gets stuff done. Yeah. And we should be, instead of trying to tame our anger to, you know, make men more comfortable, we should be showing men why they should be angry too. Yes. Yes. I love it. I just think be radical, be radical, be bold, stand for something. You know what? You're going to stand for something and someone is going to hate it and they're going to hate you. 
good because that means that you're carving out your market. You're carving Mm. out your community. You're telling all of your people where you are and where they can get connected. And I think that going forward is going to be the driver of success. Well, as the expert in like branding and marketing and messaging, how do you think the femtech industry is doing with um, racial equity and diversity? It's tough. Um, we you know, we've had these conversations several times about how do how do you. Uh, weave that into the fabric of this industry because mm-hmm. it is so new. We have an opportunity to like That's not be like, yeah. oh, oops, let's uh, let's find someone, a woman of color, to put on our board because now we're getting in trouble. But really, saying like, how is diversity baked into every single aspect of the care continuum from identifying a problem all the way through like clinical trials to you know delivering a solution to the marketplace. And I, I I can't speak to the whole industry mm-hmm. because I will say I, I don't know enough to say like whether our industry is doing a great job or not. I will say that I'm starting to see a lot more thoughtful content come out around like action plans. Mm. And that to me is a really good sign. And I think the the longevity of how successful us dismantling the very, you know, white supremacist system of healthcare, healthcare, which it is, you know, is going to fall to all white people Mm -hmm. to break those barriers down with themselves, look at themselves and not, not go, Oh my God, I'm not a racist. We're not saying you are, (laughs) but everybody has racial bias. Every single person there, people who, you know, black people have racial bias against black people because that is how systemic you know discrimination and racism yes. works yeah it's yep. built it's built into almost built into our dna so much that we have to constantly question ourselves and challenge ourselves and say is this am, am i using my white privilege mm-hmm. in a way that you know one helps me get ahead unfairly or two pushes somebody else back who maybe just as or more deserving of this opportunity than I am. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think femtech we're early enough. We have this opportunity to make sure our leaders and the voices that are being heard are of color. I also think that, um, you know, we're training so many femtech founders, we're mentoring, we're advising them, we're helping them get funding. We need to make sure that their teams are diverse, right? making sure that's a that's a priority. We need to make sure that their marketing materials represent all women. I think uh, Third Love mm-hmm. Bras, they do a great job with their marketing. Uh, they even have like handicapped women and um, mm-hmm. different Saints ages. Too, a great job with transgender. Yes, yes, that's right. And so, you know, I one thing I do notice though is that there's a lot of products that I feel see that I'm like I think only rich white women can buy this (laughs) you know and I'm like yeah what about like that community or like how this is a great product but like where's your where's your nonprofit arm or something that's like also giving it away for I don't know Tom's model you know like something right you know absolutely no I think you're absolutely right and I think you know I've uh I've seen it with a lot of different brands, like where they'll say like, oh, well, we, for every, you know, 
product purchased, we give a product to someone in Africa, which uh -huh. is great, right? We, this is a global initiative, but we also in the United States still have women living in um, unspeakable poverty. Yeah. Not saying other countries should not receive our help, but we mean, really, we play soccer players like $220 million a year. It shouldn't be that fucking hard to get everybody a tampon. <laughs> like, it really should. <laughs> I get very angry about this. Yes. My angry feminist. You know what I mean? Like, like it, our priorities are so messed up. And yes. so I think some tech companies have both a an opportunity mm -hmm. and a responsibility yeah. to not be making, like, you know, these like fancy herbal tinctures that are delivered once a month to your front door with Gwyneth Paltrow's perfume sprayed on them when like <laughs> some people still can't get tampons. Yes. Like, like it's yes. so disparate. And I think yeah. I want to see, you know, it's great to see all these new things that no shade to anyone creating anything that's not, you know, super accessible. But yeah. I do think we have this, we're at a time in history where we have this big opportunity to say, you know what, affordability, access, inclusivity. Those are the three things that are most important because until every single woman or person who identifies as a woman or person who was born as a woman and doesn't identify that way, anyone mm -hmm. with female parts of any kind, I don't even know like all the correct ways to say yeah, that, yeah. but every single person who needs any kind of women's health care should be getting the care at no cost to them. And that's, I mean, I know that's a stretch, but ideally, right? <laughs> Ideal world. Yep. Affordably. Yes. Accessibly, safely, without fear of repercussion yes. from their husbands or, you know, fathers or the government. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not, you, that sounds like something that happens in India, but it happens here happens too. Happens right here. That's right. That's right. I, um, you see, that's my angry I love it no today. I'm like right there with you I'm right there <laughs> with you I totally agree um what is the future for future of femtech I'm excited to I know this year was like quite the roller coaster with COVID and stuff but what's the what can we expect for the future you know, like I said, we're going to be taking a planning break mm -hmm. we already kind of have things mapped out of like what we're going to be doing um, I don't want to give it, I don't want to give too much away really, but I will say you can look forward to some smaller group events, some really tactical hands-on programming for Femtech founders, um, and some fun content. That's awesome. it. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. They should, uh, subscribe on your website. Is that their best way for them to find out? Yeah, get on the newsletter. We announce everything there first. Um, we do a you know, once a month newsletter. Um, and then, yeah, and get your ticket to the summit because it's free and it's coming up and it's going to be amazing. Cool. Well, we have a lot of aspiring Femtech founders that hopefully are going to be attending all of your events, right, for uh, the near future and the far future. But, you know, a lot of people are wondering, well, what still needs innovating in femtech? So what's an area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating? You know, maybe like a year ago, I would have said menopause, but people are slaying in that yeah. space right now. Like, you got that. Like, keep going. Like, yeah. don't, don't be shy to add more, but like, they're good. Um, mental health, I think, mm. is really lacking. And I think especially mental health for women of color, 
uh, mental health for you know female veterans is something that's very dear to my heart. I lost a friend to suicide, um, you know, from the Navy. I think mental health really is like that next frontier. And while it's being addressed, you know, pretty broadly, there's a lot of apps and stuff like that. Women present symptoms of mental health conditions very differently than men do. And not taking into context the social determinants of health is literally costing us lives. Wow. Wow. That's a very powerful answer. And I, um, you know, when I see veteran like advertisements or campaigns for like veteran health and mental health, I always see men, you know, and I always see this, like he, you know, killed and, you know, held a gun. And like, that's why he has this yeah. like bomb shock syndrome, you know, like, and that's why he needs support. But like the women, the women veterans, yeah. Women in the military, I mean, if you experience a sexual assault, you are essentially advised to keep your mouth shut or else ruin your career. Wow. I know people, I it, thankfully, when I was in, I did not have any experience of that, but I have personal friends who did have experiences like that. And that is the response from all of the higher yeah. ups is, are you sure you want to, are you want to call this to attention? Because it's not the guy who gets penalized. Wow. He gets a slap on the wrist. He gets, you know, pitied for yeah. the public shame. The woman gets just completely shut down. Her career is basically over. Oh my gosh. In 2020. We, um, if any listener is a, uh, someone who works with female veterans, or if you yourself are one, we'd love to have you on the show. That's, it's a really powerful topic that we should absolutely be digging into. Um, our last, yeah. our last question that, you know, again, our listeners love this is that, um, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Mm, good question. Let's see. Well, I would say more money. Money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but really I would say collaboration. Mm. Um, we do a great job of it. You know, we have, there's a lot of different organizations with, you know, different niches within Thumbtack and we're all just doing so much. And a lot of us are working full-time jobs and doing this. Be oh, hello. <laughs> a little puppy. A little puppy. <laughs> just like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, I think that just more collaboration and also more, I don't necessarily mean collaboration in the sense of like, let's do this together, but like being champions of one another. You know, I, I've talked to a few um, phone tag people in the community that have felt a little bit isolated or like mm. edged out from certain organizations. Like I don't even know who, but just like in general, like it's not been that conducive to massive growth mm -hmm. where I take the, like my, my personal perspective and professionally, I believe this as well is like, um, you don't see like a FinTech company, financial tech company going to their like, friend who also has a financial tech company and be like, could you not do a podcast? Cause we're already doing a podcast. They just do the <laughs> podcast and that's how they make more money. Yeah. Like the more all of us are doing stuff, it's volume, right? Like that's yeah. how you get noticed. Yeah. Yep. And so like, really like let's boost each other let's all have a podcast we can all be each other's podcast <laughs> yes. yes and then we'll 
we'll just be like the network and people will be amazed and give us lots of money and we'll do cool shit right like that's the that's the idea with collaboration yeah you know it's funny it's because it's like we'll use we can use podcasts as an example we can use the newsletter as an example right like the first femtech Mm -hmm. newsletter it's like the second that somebody makes the second femtech newsletter and then maybe even the third all of a sudden you all know that you're the only ones but then when you're in industry like healthcare, I'm sure there's probably freaking 25,000 healthcare newsletters out there and they're not worried about stepping on each other's toes. So it's like we need to pass some kind of threshold right. of women's health podcasts or women's health newsletters yeah. or whatever. And then we, will, we won't feel like, oh, but there's one that already exists. You know, right? Can you imagine someone being like, "I'm gonna start a lifestyle podcast," and someone going, "But there's already one." Okay. Yeah. Like, like you look at femtech, like femtech is just as big as health tech. Yeah. We're half the fucking population. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is not a niche category. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only niche because. Well, we won't get into that. We'll save that for part two of the Britney <laughs> You've got to come back on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Christina, um, I am reminded why I love working with you. You are so fun. We are kindred souls and just took different routes. You're so creative. I admire it so much. Um, I, I lean on you for wording and colors and things. And so um, thank right you for all you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so wildly impressed. As I said in my late night voicemail, I may have had some tequila that night. And I was like, I'm going to call Brittany and tell her she's amazing. (laughs) I just saw all the stuff you were doing. And I was like, this girl is on fire. Like, I am so impressed with you. And I cannot wait to see all the cool stuff you're doing. Yeah, we're going to just keep doing this. I'm excited to see where we both go. Hell yeah. Thanks, Christina. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Christina Van Buren, founder of Future of Femtech. I hope you are all super hyped up for the Wellness and Self-Care Summit. I am. In fact, I have canceled all the meetings for Femtech Focus team members next Friday so that all 10 employees can participate. We will all need this reset in our lives. We all need it. We are living through a really traumatic and stressful time, and so I recommend that everyone listening to this you know, take a moment and take the day to give yourself self-care and wellness. We cannot pioneer women's health and wellness unless we take care of our own. So register, get your free ticket at futureoffemtech.com. And before we go, I want to remind you that applications for the first virtual femtech accelerator called Guild Academy Femtech Edition close on September 18th. Learn more by visiting letsguildacademy.com backslash femtech. You can also get all the news and updates by subscribing to our newsletter at femtechfocus.org. If you love this podcast, then please support it by sharing it with your network, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, and uh, share it in your newsletters, share it on your social channels. Literally, please just let people know what is up. Tell them about the number one femtech podcast in the world. Uh, And then subscribe, rate, and review to the show and follow us on social media at Femtech Focus. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.